Blog Talk Radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of a people who are choosing to follow God instead of following man. You, you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church or in the country. You're listening to Zira today with Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. Hello and welcome to Zira today with Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. Look, I'm glad to be on the air. I'm glad to be here. Hailing from Cajun Land, USA. We're here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We want to promote knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And uh, we want to empower you, the listener, to knowing, doing, and impacting the world around you, being and impacting the world around you. And you know, I always get that question. I, I got this um, a few years ago. Let me tell you where I got that from. Uh, when I was doing a, uh, I used to have a mentor program that I started in Arkansas uh, a little over, t- about 12 years ago. And, um, I had uh, attended a little seminar sponsored by Denver Theological Seminary, and uh, this actually came from their intensive training program, uh, their mentor program, and and I asked permission from the president of the seminary if I could use it. He said I could use it for my foundation I was doing for the mentor program, and I've been using it ever since. And it's knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. And I think that's a good thing for us listeners. But again, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to glorify God and to empower you, the listener, to impact the world around you. And you're certainly welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Uh, call us in the call in on the line nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. We got a lot of chat room going on here on Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I'm already getting tongue tied. Hey, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Prophesy Twitter dot com at Prophesy. We're on Facebook. Uh, uh, Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal, uh, Zero Network on Facebook. Uh, send us an email. Let us know how we're doing at PastorLorenzoNeal@gmail.com or ltneal@cox.net. We're on Skype. We're on Facebook. We're on MySpace. Uh, wherever we are, we want you to be a part of it. We want to thank you for following us. Thank you for listening, guys. I, I appreciate it. You're helping us grow phenomenally, and I just want to express my gratitude to you. Uh, we're growing, and as uh, every week. Uh, I even had some good listeners when I did a test broadcast this weekend because I had gotten some new equipment and we're testing it out. But we just thank God for you. But speaking of that, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and get into today's discussion. Father, we thank you that you allowed us to come to this place to broadcast and share uh, not only information but empower those who are listening with us. We thank you for the availability. We thank you for all the opportunities that we have. We pray that you will bless the broadcast, bless the listeners, bless the listeners, all who will participate, and let everyone be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let me start off by saying happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Um, I, hey, I don't know what to say. You know, Valentine's Day is always kind of, <laughs> uh, it's all right with me. You know, it's just another day. But it's a special day for those of you who are in love, those of you who are sharing love. We just want to let you know, 
um, that it's a good thing to be in love. It's a good thing to know that somebody loves you, baby. <laughs> Even if it's just grandma, grandpa, sister, brother, mama, daddy, somebody loves you. And we want to let you know that we love you too. And of course, God loves you. God loves you more than anybody else. And so while you're celebrating, uh, while you're sharing, then let let uh, just let you know that God loves you. And uh, there's always a lot to talk about, but before we get, we'll talk today. We're going to talk about black fact or fiction, black fact or fiction. But before we get into that segment, before we talk about anything else, uh, yes, there's some events that's been happening in the Middle East with uh, the president of Egypt finally giving up into the demands of the people to leave office. He's left office, and uh, there there has been implementing the transitional government, a uh, military government. And uh, they're trying to assure the people that it won't turn into anything horrible. Now, history shows us any time a military government has ousted a leader, there was always chaos that ensued, you know, following it. And as a result of that, people, you know, the situation only got worse. So uh, continue to pray for the people of Egypt. And, uh, but what's interesting to me is that in the in this these few weeks, these several weeks that we've been seeing these uprising, these revolutions, this this um, all these things that's been going on in the Middle East. What started in Tunisia has moved to Egypt, has moved to Syria, to Saudi Arabia, and to Yemen, and all these people are calling for um, liberty. Now, most of these, all of these countries are pretty much Muslim countries anyway, and you would wonder why they are calling for liberty in a land that's dictated by Muslim law and a Muslim government, Islamic law and Muslim government, and they want the freedoms that we have here in America, and some of them hate America. Now, I'm not saying all of it because Egypt is an ally of the states. Uh, several other Middle Eastern areas are allies with the state, but there are some areas where they're not our friends, and you know they're wanting to see us destroyed. But it's just interesting to see how this is happening all over the world, where they're crying out for liberty. But uh, oppressed people don't want to stay oppressed long. <laughs> Eventually, they're going to cry out for liberty. Uh, Dr. King said that. Martin Luther King Jr. said that, and uh, it's we see that being echoed in the history that we are seeing in the making today. And um, speaking of history, um, with, since it is Black History Month, uh, you you would think that we, we have come a long way, but I, I've got some very disappointing news uh, over the weekend from a dear pastor friend of mine, and um, here in Louisiana. Now we're not we're, we're not we're not we're we're not too far away, too far removed from what some people would call the era of lost causes, you know, pre-civil rights and civil rights movements. Uh, you know, the Klan flourished here. Matter of fact, in 91, uh, David Duke, who was a Klan leader, ran for governor and almost won here in Louisiana. But uh, this weekend um, in Lafayette, a, a church was vandalized, uh, uh, St. James Baptist Church in Lafayette. Pastor by a friend of mine, uh, Reverend Donald Washington, uh, 
was vandalized. And it wasn't just your typical graffiti, you know. Somebody had the nerve to vandalize his church with the N-word. And I don't want to say it, but y'all know what the N-word is, you know. Wrote nigga everywhere on, on you know, all just some key places. And um, what's so disconcerting with this is that the neighborhood where the church is is, you know, predominantly black neighborhood. Uh, it's a quiet area. It's not a high crime area. That that's that's the unique thing, you know, about this church area. So just the fact that it's happened, and it's happened in 2011, and it happened in 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 uh, an area where you know we Cajun folk <laughs> down here, you know, we're always finding something to party about. But here in our area, right here in 2011, while we're celebrating a month of Black History, somebody had the nerve uh, to to vandalize a church and to do it, you know, put this word out there. And and you know the sad thing is the sad thing there's no um, there hasn't been I haven't felt nor have I seen an uproar I haven't seen an outrage you know that's the disappointing thing to me I haven't you know where's the rage where where's the stuff what you know where's the passion for our people to stand up and say this is an injustice and y'all ain't moving fast enough but hey. Uh, Pray for Doctor for Reverend Washington and the Saints family, uh, because racism is still alive and well. Discrimination is still alive and well, whether it be uh, racial discrimination by the color of your skin or gender discrimi- discrimination. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, di- just overall. It's still there, and we have to overcome our prejudices so that we can go forth in the thing that God called us to do. And if we can't, uh, let, let me use the words of Riley King. Riley King said the best. Can we all just get along? <laughs> it seems as if we are, but then again, we don't know. But we, we, you know, just pray because it's a very difficult thing. And I, I wonder personally why they char- why did they target his church out of all the the churches in Lafayette, black, white? Why did they target his church? You know. And I wanted to think. You know, the, the sad thing is, I was really thinking, what if it was some young black, young black teenagers who did that uh, just because they thought it would be fun? I, if if that should be proven to be the case, I, you talking about somebody who's going to be mad? And if, if, and if Reverend Washington isn't mad, I'm certainly going to be upset for him because you know. Uh, even even if it was you know if it was white kids if it was black kids if it was grown men the whole thing all of it it all of it is just plain old wrong and you would think in 2011 we got a black president uh you know we have a black attorney general we have all this stuff all these things that's going on you know we're celebrating diversity and we're teaching uh, multiculturalism across the board and everything. And you would think this wouldn't exist, but it still does exist. So uh, I, I just wanted to share that with you. You know, for those of you who are listening to the broadcast and you're feeling a little bit angry, it's okay to feel angry. But, um, that's why we need to train up children where they should go, and we should uh, uh, we should still let people know that there is still social injustice. And there's still racism uh, that goes on, and it's not it's not hiding as we can plainly see. You know, those 
the people who did that were cowards, but but we we just have to wait to see. But look, we're going to take a break and um and since it is um since, since it is Valentine's Day, I figured I I share this um this song um to kind of bring us into the mood, I guess you could say. <laughs> Before we get into our broadcast, I, I figured I'd bring this song up to bring us into the mood so that we could uh, so that so that we could get an idea of what love is all about. Um and, and uh, it's actually a song by T D Jake from off uh he did an album or he produced the album I think he Saying a little bit too, uh, uh, the the lady, her lover, and her lord, and of course it was made into a a stage play that did well. And we want to share a song from that if we can pull it up. Uh, so after this song, we're gonna come back and we'll go into our subject, the topic of the day: black fact or fiction. Be right back after this. You are my midnight.
may I help you? Yes. Uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Do you own a home? Yes. Discount. Are you going to buy online? Yes. Discount. <laughs> Isn't getting discounts great? Yes. There's no discount for agreeing with me. Yeah, I got carried away. It happens to me all the time. Helping you save money. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality play or two just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow, uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know, I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Yeah, I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh. Welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor O'Neill. Again, we're glad you're joining us for this dialogue. Uh, we're talking black fact or fiction. And we'd love to have you join us on this great conversation. Call us in. Call in on the line. Um, one nine one seven three eight two nine three. We're in the chat room live. Join us in the chat room and listen again. If you if if you miss any cast uh, live broadcast, you can always go in and download the archive broadcast. You can uh, get in this. Any you get it, get it. Go to our website ltneilministries.com. You can listen to the archive broadcast there. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter at com slash prophesied. Join us in the conversation. Talk black fact of fiction. And you'd be surprised. Um, and, 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 you know, all of us learn black history facts, whether we get to admit it or not. We all learn these black history facts. And, you know, uh, Sunday we had our youth day, and it was also where we were uh, acknowledging uh, the birthday of the founder of our Zion, Bishop Richard Allen who is the founder of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, today, actually, is his birthday, and we recognize that, as well as celebrated our Black History Program uh, with the young people. They did a tremendous job yesterday. and You know, they were reading, uh, basically reading about um, black heroes, um, you know, famous names, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass, um, and... Uh, uh, Dr. Richard Drew, uh, uh, the May Jensen, uh, 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 again, you know, just names you may or may not be familiar with, uh, uh, who have made a significant contribution to uh, black history. My question has always been, and you may have the same question, my question has always been, should we just limit black history to, um, you know, 
American history, American black history. And um, what about uh, African history? You know, because I, I, you know what, I, I, I came to realize a lot of people uh, have forgotten or, or don't want to acknowledge the fact that most of the countries in Africa uh, did not exist like they exist 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Uh, most of those countries just recently gained their independence from uh, either Germany uh, or Britain, Great Britain. You know, uh, South Africa, of course. You know, they uh, we we witnessed there, and um, there's a lot that 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 we don't acknowledge with their history, uh, African history, uh, the history of the, uh, the Caribbeans, the Western Caribbeans, the you know West Indian uh, uh, area. Because we, as the diaspora of Africa, uh, we don't just need to recognize the the event, significant events that happened here in the states. But of course, we do. Uh, but we gotta recognize throughout the entire diaspora the significant events that happened that has transformed um, blacks across the world. You know, I <laughs> I have a friend who who lives in London. And it's it's always amazing to me because I you know every time I think about it I say man I forget you're in London you know I forget that you were born and raised over there I, I forget there's black folk over there in Europe <laughs> but yeah we're all over the world and just as there were significant uh, things that happened in our area here in the states there were significant things and there are significant things happening around the world. And concerning black folks, but um, we're talking black fact or fiction. Uh, and let me let me tell you how it came about. Uh, I, I I was watching this movie, and some of you, if you're young, you probably have no idea what I'm about to talk about. But if you're older, you probably recognize it. Um, uh, there was this movie called The Man Who Shot Liberty Valence, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, but The Man Who Shot Liberty Valence it, it starred um. It starred, um, oh my goodness, John Wayne, um, oh Lord, Jimmy, 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 can't even think of his name. It's on the top of my tongue, I, and I didn't write, write it down. Uh, but anyway, you can look it up. Go to your library. I'm sure you'll find it there. You know, get it on Netflix, wherever else you can find it. But here's the here's the uh, the gist of this story. Um, Liberty Valence is an outlaw, you know, he's this rough and tough guy who just breaks the law, does what he wants to do, and there's this other, there's these two other characters played by Jimmy Stewart, thank, thank you, Jim, Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne, and these are the two, um, they're the two main characters, John Wayne, of course, is another rough and tough cowboy figure, you know, kind of thing, and Jimmy Stewart plays the, um, you know, he's the primp and nice guy, you know, you know Slim and all that, you know, the highly educated guy. Well, what happens is Jimmy Stewart's character confronts, he stands up to uh, to Liberty Valence. And, of course, there, there's a challenge of a duel, at, you know, like the showdown at the OK Corral. And, uh, and Jimmy Stewart's character is, you know, he's wrought with pain and fear, but he somehow manages to face and stand up and he shoots and he kills him. All the problem was he didn't really do it. 
in background, John Wayne's character is uh, actually fired the shot. But the other guy gets the credit. He gets to go on to a nice political career as a representative and a senator. And, uh, you know, he was even said that he would run for president. But it bothered him the whole time. And, and the way the story starts off, he, he goes to the funeral of John Wayne's character. And I probably ran it on too much about this. But anyway, <laughs> he, 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 he finally comes clean when he realizes that, you know, John Wayne tells him he didn't really take the shot, but uh, uh, he shot uh, – John Wayne's character shot him, and he let him get the credit. And he did it for the love of one woman, you know, and, and it's significant that since this is being Valentine's Day, how we men will do some crazy stuff for women I know from experience. But anyway, so, so uh, Stewart's character comes clean, and he tells the press, and, and the press says these words. It, it, it's a – it's 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 a great word and it says this. It says, Well, when the legend becomes fact, I always print the legend or something to that nature nature. And uh unfortunately when it comes down to black history, uh there are a lot of legends that have become fact. There are a lot of myths that have become truths. There are a lot of uh things that have been credited to people that all yeah they did but um in some cases they may not have been the first or these are that nature and we're going to talk about that and the reason I want to talk about that because I I don't want our young people and I don't want to, you know I don't want people to have a a false sense of reality when it comes to our history and unfortunately we we've we've given ourselves a false sense of reality we've made our history something that it it wasn't and not that's a bad thing but um you know, we just need to clarify something. Now, let, let, let me let me preface this. I when I was doing the research for this topic, now there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, sites that you can get onto, and they're going to give you all kinds of information and all kinds of things. But you got to be careful because as I was researching this, I found out that a lot of the sites that were giving this information were biased. Actually, you know, they were they were not proponents of black history. Neither were the proponents of anything uh surrounding black history. So, you know, they had ulterior motives. They were trying to disprove they they didn't want you know, you, I won't call them racist right out, but you know uh concerned citizens for liberty, for example, you know <laughs> they wanted to disprove so much stuff and these are in the nature and, and, and some of it is true, some of it is not true, and some of them they just, you know, they just had too much time on their hands. I, I think, I honestly think. <laughs> but there are some, there are some myths and some, uh, some things that we want to address. Let me get back to this movie, uh, Liberty Valence, the man who shot Liberty Valence. There was a there was a black character in there, um, in, in this movie, and that really he 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 really kept my eye. So I, I researched this black character, kind of came to find out that he was a uh, his name was Woody Strodes and um. He was not only a, a war hero, but he was one great Af- he was one great actor, uh, not just well respected in the African American community, but well respected by all Africa, all actors of every color. And um, he had a a very prominent role in this. Uh, it was a secondary role, but he had a role in this movie, and he played the character Pompey. And um, in the story, in the movie. 
um, uh, Pompey gets to go to school as a grown man. <laughs> he apparently, you know, he never learned to read or write. He could he could work with his hands. He was good with that, and he was uh, John Wayne's character. Uh, that was his right hand man. But he was not an educated man, and he wanted to go to school, so he went to school. And um, the lead character was the teacher of the school. And again, uh, all this was start. He started the school because of the woman Sally, I think that's her name. You know, he started the school for Sally. He wanted he wanted Sally's affection, so Sally couldn't read, and he started the school so she could read, learn to read and write. And of course, eventually she married him, and they had a, a good life together. But Pompey, uh, Strode's character, Pompey. In, in the, there's a scene in the movie where he's trying to do, he's trying to recite the Declaration of Independence, and uh, he gets through there, you know, and he goes through, but then he messes up, kind of stumbles around the last part where it says, "All men are created equal." And um, Stewart's character says, uh, "What what he what he basically says? Oh man, I I just plum forgot about it." <laughs> You know, in, in that in that way, you know, black folks had to speak at the time in movies, in the dialogue. And uh, Stewart's character said, "You'd be surprised how many people forget about it." Now, I, 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 that jumped out to me because they had this character, this black character, saying something very significant in a time where, uh, you know, it's black and white movies. So, you know, early forties, fifties, and this time that. There wasn't a great start to the civil rights movement, but it was recognized that there was a need to start. And here this black man in this major film says these words, and he stumbles over it, and he said, but the way he says, I just plum forgot about it. Well, we should never forget all men are created equal. And um, the significant is that uh, is that that we're still not seeing equality. But I just wanted that that part of the movie kind of gripped gripped in my heart uh because there's a very powerful powerful scene, you know, the scene in itself and you really have to see the movie to get an idea about it. But just the fact that he said I just plum forgot it. <laughs> he himself forgot that part that was supposed to be about him. It's not that he didn't forget it. But you know the way you know, the way the, mo- the I, I'm going to I, I'm doing a little eisegesis into this movie here. You know, I'm reading more into it than probably what it is. But please allow me to go there. You know, uh, the intent of the message is that uh, I almost lost my train of thought. The, the intent of the message is that um, he forgot the part that was more supposed to be more important for him. You know, by him being a person of color, by him being black, it said that all men are created equal. And by saying, oh, I just plum forgot, it had relegated him to this backwards, you know, I'm just somebody else's helper instead of being equal. But uh, I, I shared that because I, I, I just think that was a significant part of that movie. Uh, and again, it goes back to the, 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 the key word in that whole movie. When the legend becomes fact, you print the legend. All right, so we're going to talk about some black myths. Uh, um, some we're going to talk about: uh, Did all blacks come to America as slaves? Uh, you know, uh, what about the Civil War? Why was it? Was it really about slavery? And this is my favorite one right here: the Emancipation Proclamation. 
<laughs> did it really set us free? Uh, we're going to get into that. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take another break. Give us a call. Join in the dialogue. Join in the chat room. We really appreciate you. Uh, hit us a message up on Facebook um, to, to let us know how we're doing. Send us a 9, 917-388-4293. We want you to join in and we'll a quick break and we'll be right back. Some type of a delay here. Technology and live live radio shows, I tell you, is always something. Uh, I'm gonna try this again, and hopefully we get it to work this time. But if not, we will just go on to the subject um, and see how this goes. Uh, well, we'll take a break later on. We'll, we'll come back. We'll go straight into the sub. Go straight into the topic today. So we're talking about black black fact or fiction, and um, the question that I had addressed to me uh, by one of one of the young people in my church the other day, and uh, he said one of his teachers told them, based on the book that they had read, you know, about the uh, African slave trade. And uh, you know he was curious. He's he's one of these kids that asks questions, and and asking questions, he he asked, "Well, did all the blacks come here as slaves?" And her the, the teacher's reply was, "Yes, all the black people who came to this country came as slaves." And unfortunately, that just happens to be one of the the myths. That's one of the false truths that have been perpetuated in uh, black history. Uh, Believe it or not, there were free Africans who came to the states, to to the colonies, uh, before they were really colonies. There were were some uh, Africans who came with the the Puritans. There were some who came uh, on the Mayflower in the 17th century. Uh, there uh, and um, there were some trade going on with Africans and Native Americans uh, as early as the 14th and 5th. I mean, as early as the uh, 16th and 17th century. In other words, as early as the 1500s, as early as the 1600s, and as early as the 1700s, uh, blacks, uh, Africans rather, were coming in. Now, Africans did uh, now. Uh, a great deal of Africans left Africa, you know, and they went to Europe to find better opportunities. And they went to places like Spain. They went to places like France. Um, they settled. Matter of fact, a great population of Spain was was the Moorish population, and those folks were they were they were Africans, and uh, mostly Muslim, some Christian, uh, but they were black, 
and they did they were a lot of those those people were on um the the expeditions with Christopher Columbus and all those other prince uh those explorers of the 15th century the 1400s that they began to spread their wings and discover what they called new lands uh, they had some black folk with them, and there were a lot of blacks who came over to uh, the new land free. They got their land, and they settled down, and um, some of them even owned some slaves as the slave trade got a, a little bit uh, more progressive. Um, and uh, you got to understand, not just here in the United States, but you got to include the Caribbean islands, uh, the Bahamas, all those areas, uh, Central and South America, where – they were they were bringing them also from Africa, not just West Africa, mostly West Africa, and you know places like Ghana and uh, Sierra Leone and all those other places where uh, right off the Cape where they were coming and they were bringing these uh, Africans. And yes, the myth, part of the myth is true. Um, we did sell some of the Africans did sell themselves. Uh, their 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 other you know their rivals. Their enemies, they sold them into slavery. They made deals to get wealth and things of that nature. But that, uh, but there were not every black person here in the states were slaves. Um, and you know, you do your family research if you get a chance to do that. You'll find out that your grandmother, great 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 grandparents may not have been slaves at all. Uh, so that that's one of the myths. I, I think that we need to share and, and to give give our children a sense of empowerment. That just because you, you you're black didn't mean that you were a slave, and that you worked in the field and you chopped cotton or you chopped sugar cane down here in Louisiana. Uh, there were quite quite a few who were independent black people. So, uh, what else? Oh yeah. Civil War. Was the Civil War really about slavery? And the answer to that is no. The Civil War in and of itself was not about slavery. The Civil War was mostly about uh, state rights. And the southern states were agricultural. The northern states were industrial. industrial, And that conflict between the states went as, that far, basically. You had two systems, two different systems fighting for control of each other, fighting to be the dominant export, the dominant export. When I say the dominant export, you know, we traded with different countries, and they they were fighting to be the dominant trade. Uh, in the South, you know, you had your, your agriculture, your cotton, your sugar cane, your tobacco, and all these other things that they exported. Um and that's what it was really about. What kind of nation will it be? And that still goes on to the day, to this day. And it's not as thick as it used to be. But no, uh, the Civil War was not really all about slavery. Now, you had the two acts, the Missouri Compromise and another act that Congress passed to uh, that basically said, um, you know, states get the right to choose if they want to uh, make slavery legal or not. And unfortunately... Most of the states in the South chose to make slavery legal. Most of the states in the North chose to abolish slavery. But here's the thing: although they chose, you know, they voted to abolish slavery, uh, they didn't stop it because although they abolished, there were still plenty of people in the in the North 
that had slaves. Uh, most of the founding fathers owned slaves. George Washington owned slaves. Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. Uh, and even though they lived in states where uh, slavery was supposedly uh, abolished and not practiced, they did practice it. And um, you see this division still today because it, it – it's a big, big schism between the North and the South and the West Coast and the East Coast. You, you know, you have those liberals in the North who still have those sentiments, those, you know, those uh, abolitionist sentiments, and they're they're very liberal. They're, they're strong on pushing diversity of all kinds. And then you have us down here in the South who are mostly conservative, and we want to keep things to status quo, and we don't want it to change, and that's the way it goes. I'm going to try this break one more time, and we're going to come back, and we're going to finish uh, our conversation on Black Fact of Myth. Be right back after this. You are different from you. And you are trying to forget about work while you are working late again. And you miss your kids. And you miss the waves. And you can't believe what you just saw. And you need to laugh. And you need to cry. And you just can't get her out of your mind. Well, you just want to know if he's okay. But you need a place to eat. So you stop and listen to that band you saw that time near that place. While you let everyone know you're almost there. And you want to share. And you want to think. And you are trying to remember. And you are trying to forget. And you've come to realize that you don't need to get a phone. You need a phone that gets you, and you, and you, and we are HTC. Gaining weight was easy. All I had to do was sit down and eat. Losing weight's a lot harder. I had to work at it every day. But with every step, I lower my risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And that makes every step, every choice, every day. Very much worth the effort. Hi, hon. How was your run? Hard, but I hung in there and did my two miles. How was your workout? Great. Dinner's ready. I hope you worked up an appetite. Mm, healthy meal like this? You better believe it. Thanks for keeping us on track. Hey, every step matters. We can do this. And it's very much worth the effort. Learn how you can help stop diabetes by losing weight, eating healthy, and staying active. Visit CheckUpAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. All right, welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Thank you again for joining. You know, I, I love doing this show, but I tell you, sometimes <laughs> it gets on my nerves trying to work this technology. But we thank you for joining in the conversation. Call in the line, 917-388-4293. Join us in the chat room. We're live, Blog Talk Radio. We're streaming. Facebook, leave your comments, dialogue, questions, co- anything. Send us an email, lt, uh, ltneal at cox.net, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com. 
let us know how we're doing. And I want to take this quick time just to, uh, before we get further into the broadcast. Uh, if you hadn't gotten the chance to order a copy of my book, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon.com and order a copy of my book, A Breach in the Family. You're going to be blessed by it. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful book. I'm not just saying it because I wrote it because it's it's been helping a lot of people understand the plight that some of their families are experiencing, uh, where it comes from, what they can do to fix it. Uh, you know, it talks it talks about uh, a lot of the silence that we experience, a lot of the victimology that we're experiencing, and I, I think it'll be a blessing to you. So get a chance to order it. Go to Amazon.com. You can get it on BarnesandNoble.com. A breach in the family by yours truly. And if you want, you can go to zeropublishing.webs.com and uh, you get a little discount if you order it from there. So uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate everything you do. But go out and get your copy of that book today. Now, we're talking about black fact of fiction. Let, let me set this story up for you here real quick. The year 1955, Montgomery, Alabama. A young lady gets onto the bus. She's tired. She sits down in the seat by the emergency doors. Bus rolls on, and next thing you know, uh, makes a stop, and white people get on, and they see where they want to sit, and she's sitting there. And they kindly, well, I don't know if it's kindly, but they ask her to, to move so they can sit where she's sitting, and she refuses. She does not give up her seat. Of course, this outrages every patron on the bus, and you know, she ends up being forcibly removed, jailed, and the next thing you know, uh, you know, she's an outcast and all this stuff. You know, we we have uh, a beginning of a movement that has changed American civilization. You think you know the story, don't you? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. I'm not talking about Rosa Parks. Yes, everybody knows that Rosa Parks sat down on the bus and Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat. And Rosa Parks was jailed, and Rosa Parks, uh, Rosa Parks, uh, began the movement that caused a revolution, and brought about the leadership of a young, 26-year-old minister named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The reality is that Rosa Parks wasn't the first one. One of the myths that we we never addressed. And, and when I first heard about this, let me tell you, uh, the story happened on a nice uh, spring day. It was a 15-year-old young girl named uh, Claudette Colvin. Claudette was coming, and she was catching the bus as usual because her family didn't have transportation. They lived in one of the worst neighborhoods in the city, and uh, the father was a, was a janitor. The mother was basically a house cleaner. And they were not well, you know, they were good law-abiding citizens. They just didn't have what it took. And what made it worse is that their color was a little darker than some others. And Claudette gets arrested, and Claudette goes, and of course she gets the lawyer to file suit, and they start the process um, to go forth in this. But Somebody intervened in the NAACP, 
And Rosa Parks was a member of the chapter. And a few months later, Rosa Parks had her great uh, her 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 moment in history. But why was she never recognized? Why was this 15 year old girl never recognized as the one who actually did who actually jump started this whole civil rights movement in Montgomery, Alabama? Well, it turns out not only was she young, 15, and she was part of the youth uh, youth department of the NAACP, the youth chapter. But it turns out this young girl was pregnant. And y'all know how that is. You know, back in the day you were pregnant, you were outcast, shunned, you couldn't do anything. This young girl was pregnant and was uh I think if I understand it correctly, was pregnant by a married man and uh because her family didn't have the means to to be the the um poster family for the civil rights movement. Uh she was basically just shunned and um uh, she lived a pretty reasonable life, and uh, but she never got credit, and it's all because the NAACP figured they could have a better chance with Rosa. And, and again, mind you, I, we we don't know to this day. We never know if this was premeditated on Rosa Parks' plant, you know, because of what happened with Claudette. And I'm not knocking uh, Rosa Parks at all. Please don't misinterpret me saying that he's knocking her. No, she did a great justice. Uh, She did a great act that I'm very glad that she did. But I just, I think uh, we overlooked the reality of what happened, what led to this movement. And believe you me, the entire community backed Claudette and they backed uh, well you know they didn't really back but they backed what she did her action but they supported Rosa partially because she was the secretary for the NAACP had a little bit more clout she was older woman and you know she had the she had the ability to carry on the strength to carry on and that's just one of the myths I think a lot of people fail to rem- fail to know uh that that uh, Rosa Parks wasn't the first one to sit down on the bus and refuse to give up, get up her seat. The young lady and um, the young lady did, and she didn't get the credit for it. But uh, history has recognized, and they're they're you know they're making plans. But then again, she never wanted uh, young Cover never wanted the attention, and she was glad to do. From what I understand, from what I read, she was glad. But again, that's just one of the myths that. Uh, one of the fictions that we perpetuate. And, and let me give you some more before I run out of time. For example, how many of you heard George Washington Carver invented peanut butter? <laughs> no, he didn't invent peanut butter. He just found a way to use it differently. Uh, he got a patent for it. He didn't invent it, but we teach that he invented it. He did not invent it. We teach that Garrett Morgan invented the traffic light. No, Garrett Morgan uh, did not invent the traffic light. He didn't invent the track the stoplight. He patented one of many. Uh, he 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 got one of many patents for a traffic light that just his was a cross shape, and unfortunately it didn't go well. You know, it was never commercially successful. Uh, but we perpetuate those kind of myths. Uh, we perpetuate them. I don't know why we do it. Uh, we want to have some kind of pride, but and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Again, once the once the legend becomes fact, you always print the legend. A legend always sounds better. And when you read a lot of these biographies, 
I, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I found out some things about Dr. King, uh, with his personal life, you know, his habits and things, like that, I was highly, highly disappointed and upset because I couldn't understand this man. You know, how he has such vices. But then I look at my own life and I look at my own ministry. And um, I see my own vices, uh, my own gals, my own um, whatever you want to call them. And I, I realize that we all have those things, those those issues, those struggles. And although Dr. King wasn't a perfect man, he still displayed great leadership. And it bothered J. Edgar Hoover so much that he tried his best to discredit it. And it took one of his own men to discredit him. Uh, attempt again to discredit him after his death but um that's the way cookie crumbles uh a couple other things now this is one here gets me all the time you all probably have heard the myth that there are more black men in jail than in college and the reality is that there are not more black men in jail than in college there are more black men probably get arrested now I can tell you that yeah, yeah we're probably you know, there's quite a few young black men who get arrested, but uh, they may have short stints. They may you know they don't do learn t- long term and and for this bothered me for a long time and I it bothered me because I I've always been surrounded by uh, young men who had ambition and even the ones who didn't have ambition to be educated, they had ambition to do something. You know, if they wanted to sell drugs, they had ambition to be one of the best. If they had ambition to go into the military, you know, they wanted to be one of the best in the military. I, I've been surrounded by that. We propagate this myth ourselves. We, you know, and it's sad that we would say something like that. And, and here's the thing: the hip hop. The hip hop generation, that my generation, those born from '65 on, uh, we are some of the most highly educated people in the black community. When I say that, I mean we per per capita. Uh, when it comes to our to our uh, our race, uh, most of us in the hip hop generation, we we have some very uh, high numbers of accelerated des- uh, degrees. You know, masters, you know, graduate and postgraduate work. Uh, we are teaching in colleges. We are administrating colleges. We are doing some great things. And I'm just not just talking about my generation, but uh, also just recognize the fact that, you know, the, the, the young men that they're saying are in jail, well, you know, when they do get in jail, a great majority of them do turn their lives around. And they have the opportunity to get the education that they may have missed in high school or the you know, education they may have not been able to go to in college. They get a chance to get that in the prison system. And, you know, they, they get trained in a vocation. They get trained in leadership and things of that nature. And they, a lot of them turn their lives around while they're there. And so yes, there are great there are, there are a lot of black boys and young men that get arrested, but believe me, there are more young men in college than there are in prison. Now they may not stay in college, just like they may not stay in prison, but that doesn't matter. The fact is that they do go. You know, they they start. Starting the process is easy, finishing the process is the hard part. But I commend brothers who do it all the time. 
Listen, this has been a wonderful show with everything, all the crazy stuff, <laughs> all the mess ups and breakups and all that stuff. It has been a wonderful show. Listen, uh, we got some great topics coming up later on, and we we want you to make sure that you check us out. Uh, we're, we're looking to do this new time, and we want to thank you. We appreciate you for all that you do to help us to uh, keep us on the air. And we just want to let you know. But we'll be join join us again next week for the same for for some more interesting conversation, for some more some more um, dialogue, all of that good stuff. We want you to join us. So till next week. You have a blessed day. Have a good listen to you. Thank you.